You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Here are your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. We are here in London. I am here with Jeff Griffin, and this whole show is about a London and top attractions. There are so many things in London that you just have to do when you're here, and there might be other things you want to add, but you cannot go to London without hitting some of these things that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we do have some other London episodes devoted to sort of the underground off the beaten path things, devoted to dining, devoted to afternoon tea. You can check those out at our website, travelbrigade.com. But we did want to do a show that really highlights the things that a lot of people really want to know about and do when they go to London. There are some things that you have to go to the Tower of London because nobody else has one. No, I mean, where else do you stack a bunch of, I shouldn't even call them costumes, uniforms, excuse me, for the beef eaters, not to mention all the crown jewels. Some of these things, even if you've already done them, they're fun to go back and do again. I mean, walking across Tower Bridge, you know, I could do that endless times. It's not like, oh, I had pizza once and it was great, so now I never. Yeah, have I'm never to gonna have it again. again. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, we have a mix of our listeners who may have already been to London, some that are going for the first time. And you know, the thing about London is there's so much to do, and people generally don't go to London for weeks on end. So you're talking about people might, you know, be using it as a jump-off point for their European trip or coming to London. They're spending time in maybe Ireland. Different parts of England. You're, you know, you're in a big city, and so the thing is, how can you get through the list of all these top things in one thing without killing yourself? Generally, you can't. So a lot of times, as a matter of fact, this is really interesting. This trip was my first time. I actually had gone to the Tower of London to do the ceremony of keys before, but this was my first time doing the actual Tower of London. I thought it was fascinating. Coming up, we've got interviews that will take us through some of the top attractions. We're going to start with the Crown Plaza Concierge at the hotel we stayed at in. London, the city. The concierge is always a great resource to use when you want to find out about things to do. Yeah, so that's one of the interviews we're going to do, talk about some of those things. Another interview we have is with the London Eye. The London Eye is, of course, one of the most popular attractions. As a matter of fact, they are saying now the London Eye is getting more visits than the Eiffel Tower, which is pretty amazing. The London Eye is also associated with Sea Life Aquarium. It's also associated with London Dungeons, and it's also associated with some river cruises on the River Thames. Now, that's not Thames, the way it looks like to Americans, but it's the River Thames. Was that way everybody looked at me weird when I kept saying, can you tell me where the Thames is? Where is that Thames? I don't know where that Thames River is. That Thames thing you got over here? <laughs> Herb. Herb. You know, we do things a little differently. What can I say? Besides being a great travel destination in its own right, London is also a great jumping off point for getting to the rest of Europe. We've got an interview with Eurostar talking about how you can go from London to Paris and other places using the underground. That's true. Uh, Eurostar is a great way. I actually prefer it much more than flying. You get to a destination like London and then you can hop on Eurostar. You can get yourself to Paris, to Brussels, some other different locations uh, in Europe. And it's really great. Service is great. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because a lot of people get to London and of course they're enjoying their time here, but they also want to know where else they can go while they're here. So that's a great interview we have. We've also got an interview with Yvonne Otley, who is with Crown Plaza London, the city that's located in the Blackfriars area of London. Yeah, it's actually a great location. We stayed there there for the first time in that, not only just the hotel, but also in that location. And we really liked it. Very convenient. The tube is just across the street. The location was really, really great. And I hadn't stayed in that part. I kind of get my 
to my, I don't know, I should say rut, but the places that I really like to stay, I just kind of only look for hotels in that area. And so this was a new one for me, and I really, really liked it. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We've got a lot to get to, but first we need to do hot topics and travel. Take me out to the ball game. That's not a surprise, knowing you. <laughs> so there is a lot to cover today. We'll get back with that very shortly. Make sure that you check out our website, TravelBrigade.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at TravelBrigade. We will be right back. What's not? What's trending? Next up, this week's picks for travel news and hot topics in travel. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin in the beautiful, wonderful, busy city of London. I love London. It is one of my favorite places to come. And we are doing this episode all on top attractions in London. We've got a lot of interviews coming up, like with London Eye. We've got some info about Eurostar. We're going to be talking about the Tower of London. Shopping at Harrods. All the big things. (laughs) But first, we need to do hot topics in travel. You know, one of the fun things about passports is you can flip through it and see the little stamps that you got, Mm -hmm. and and it recalls your memory of your trip. Or I love to keep a travel journal, and I can go back and look at, oh, we were here in 2008. Oh, yeah, we did that that day. Well, there's kind of one you can do that with if you're a baseball fan. Oh, really? Sounds like it's just up your alley. Well, and I've always maintained that I've always maintained that when you go to a city or a country and you want to really learn about the people and you want to hang out with the locals mm-hmm. and eat some local food, you go to a sporting event. Oh, that's true. You do have a lot of locals there. We've done that a lot. We've gone to Barcelona. We've gone to FC Barcelona Stadium. We did Croke Park in, in Dublin. There's a lot of places we've done. It does give you a lot of perspective there of the people. Major League Baseball has put out a baseball ballpark passport book. Oh. And it's kind of a combination book passport. Now it has roadmaps in it, you know, showing where the different parks are in different cities all across the country. There's 30 major league ballparks. It has maps of the parks themselves, like the seating sections and everything like that. But what's really fun is each ballpark that you go to, you go to the guest services or the team store and they've got a little stamp. They'll stamp your passport. Now, wait a minute. How how do we not know about this before? Because we've gone to so many ballparks. Well, in fact, that's kind of how I found out about it was, you know, we I get emails from the teams where we've gone there and bought their tickets. This came with a thing where they were offering different products like jerseys and things like that. But I noticed this and there's also a ticket stub holder in it. There's a little thing where you can put down the score of the game by innings that you attended. You can write little notes. So it's kind of a combination travel journal passport. You know, now that makes me think that the first thing on Jeff's mind is how he's going to, one, get the passport, two, plan places that he hasn't been to get the stamp, and three, figure out how he's going to revisit places so he can go back and just so he can get the stamp. He likes to show off his his, uh, sporting event tickets. You read my mind, as always. (laughs) I I, I can't surprise you in any Uh, way, can I? No. (laughs) They've also got one for minor league parks and one for spring training park. So worth checking out. Well, we are talking about all the top places in London this week. Coming up, we've got an interview with the concierge at the Crown Plaza Hotel. A concierge is always a great resource to use whenever you get into town and you want to find out what to do. Yep, we're going to talk about top attractions here in London. Right when we get back, you're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Check us out on our website, travelbrigade.com, as well as our Twitter, at Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. Of course, we are here in London, London, the beautiful city of London, having so much fun. And we are here today talking about some of the top things to do when you come to London. You know, it's amazing to me that there are still people that have this on their bucket list. They still need to come here and there's so many great things to do. And there's definitely a list of things you have to do if this is your first time here. My approach in life is ask an expert. So when I'm trying to find out what I need to do here in London, I'm going to ask an expert who's better to ask than a concierge at your hotel. They all know. They always know the inside secrets to everything. We have Jay Lemos, who is the concierge here at the Crown Plaza London, the city. And Jay, if I'm a first timer coming to London, what are like, I don't know, two or three things that I've, that I've really got to see when I'm here for, on my first visit? Hi. Um, well, I think the two or three main things that you need to see if you come to London for a fir- as a first-timer tend to be the most historical things like Westminster Abbey. I think it has probably some of the most history that you can find in, in London. It's where kings and queens are buried and coronations are, are done there. It's, uh, it's also the most important church we have in, the, in, in London, Church of England. Also, from a different aspect, perhaps St. Paul's Cathedral, because I think from a visual point of view, St. Paul's Cathedral is beautiful. It is um, one of the most iconic buildings in London. Probably doesn't have as much history as, uh, as Westminster Abbey, but from a point of view of uh, visual impact, I think it's probably one of the nicest. Uh, definitely, in my opinion, anyway. Tower of London, obviously, because of the history, used to be a palace. If you go back centuries and centuries, of course, it then it became a prison. It has a lot of history. It also has the crown jewels. So I think that's another main place in London to visit. Happens to be next to Tower Bridge, which obviously brings that whole area into a, into focus. And I think it's a, it's a nice area to visit and very important. And then, of course, you've got Buckingham Palace. I think Buckingham Palace you have to visit, whether you do it through the summer months where you can actually get a ticket and go and visit the State Apartments or whether you just want to go and see the changing of the guard during the summer months again happens every day 11:30 in the mornings uh the rest of the year weather permitting every every other day so that's uh, again something that you must visit perhaps get a few pictures etc so those would be my three most important things i guess for a first time visit the, the things that you just cannot pass up that you've got to do. We just got back from the Tower of London, and, and I hope they don't mind. We borrowed a few of the crown jewels. <laughs> We're just going to wear them around town for the next few days. I think it'll look great. And speaking of, you know, we were talking a little bit about changing of the guards. Tell us a little bit about some of the other maybe ceremonies or things around people can do. There's this whole sort of pomp and circumstance that's here that's associated with London and associated with England. Tell us some other places that people can sort of see some of those iconic historical things. Obviously, if you if you get a chance to some of these some some things that that are very um, important in London and very historical and uh, and traditional, some some of them you might need special tickets for. If you could get tickets for um, Ceremony of the Keys at the Tower, that would be a great thing to do. If you could get tickets for Trooping of the Colour, for instance, which is the Queen's birthday uh, celebrations, um, that would be also a nice thing to do, although those things are not always easy to get tickets for. It needs to be done in advance, um, sometimes difficult to get tickets. In the case of Trooping of the Colour, most tickets are allocated. So if you're lucky enough to get one of those, then I guess that's one of those ceremonial things that are 
that are very important. I think you've got obviously 14 events. We happen to be doing Wimbledon right now, so I guess uh, you know that's one of the great things to to come and visit in London at this time of the year. And if you if you are lucky enough to get a ticket for centre court number one or number two courts, I think that would be a great thing to do. You can obviously get tickets, ground passes on the day, to uh, to visit the outer courts, but those those three courts you have to, again, ask for tickets in advance. So you what you do is you you send your check in uh, when when tickets are, are, are put out for sale. And if you're lucky enough to get tickets for that, then great. If not, you can still go on the day and, and try and get ground passes that will allow you to visit the other courts. I think those probably some of the great things that you need special tickets for and you need to think in advance. But if you're lucky enough to uh, to manage those, I think uh, it would be the icing on the cake. I also think uh, London is also synonymous with theater. I used to live in New York City and, you know, nothing rivals, you know, New York theater as much as London. I think it's it's an amazing place to see theater. Tell us a little bit about, you know, maybe the West End and, and sort of catching a show while you're here in London. I think you're right. I think theater is one of the great things we have in London, together with New York, perhaps, uh, some of the, the the two best places to to go to the theater in London we have you know a history with theater it's um it's one of the great cities for theater i think you you can find just about every show that has played in the world or a lot you know anything that plays in, uh, in in new york for instance would eventually come to london and vice versa probably i think we uh, we have some of the the most beautiful and iconic theaters in the world dating back you know, to Victorian times, some of our theatres actually have that old world feel about them. I think that, but some of them are, are really great places to go. I think we have some of the great shows from under Lloyd Webber uh, to The Lion King, great comedies, great theatres like the Savoy Theatre right next to the Savoy Hotel dating back to 1889, I think it was. Some of my uh, my favourite shows, Phantom of the Opera still playing after all these years, and I think it's still one of those great musicals that still has that power to it. And then you've got great shows like uh, The Lion King, which is great for grown-ups or children alike. And it's still playing after all these years to uh, capacity audiences. I was going to say as well that that uh, like you said, vice versa, because both times, you know, well, every time we come to London, we always try and find shows that haven't yet come to the to the States because they end up, a lot of times people think that they all shows start in New York, but they don't. There's a lot of shows that start here in London. Billy the, Elliot. Yeah, as a matter of fact, that's what we saw. We saw, did you know there's three Billies? I just wanted to <laughs> point that out. But um, no, we saw Billy Elliot here before it came to the States and it's just a huge, huge hit in, in the U.S. And then we just saw The Commitments, which hasn't been over there in the U.S. as well. So it is kind of like a fun, a fun thing to do. I mean, it's just two great cities where, you know, the, the theater is, is so strong and it's just something that you kind of have to do. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade. We will be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin. We are here in London going through all of the top attractions in London. Whether you're a first-time visitor or you've been back here before, you know, these are top attractions for a reason. They are so fun to come and do. We were just talking with the concierge at the Crown Plaza and learning about some of these. And some of these are just great, great things. You know, we went to the Tower of London. Again, I had said before that this was the first time I actually went inside the Tower of London. Well, that's not true. 
let me take that back, during the day attractions. I went to the Ceremony of the Keys, which is all locked up just to see the ceremony. But this is the first time I saw Bloody Tower, the Torture Chamber, and of course, the Jewels. I tried a few on. I don't know. I kind of think that's why they held me back when you tried to leave. But I'm telling you, that crown looked amazing on me. While we're in that same area of the city, one thing I always love doing whenever I come to London is walking across Tower Bridge. There's also a tour you can do where you go up in the towers. It's just a great view of the Thames and the city. Of course, one of the most popular things that you can do is go to Buckingham Palace and see the changing of the guards. That schedule's online. They actually do it every day in the summer, and then during the off-season, they do it, I think, every other day that's on a schedule. But just seeing Buckingham Palace, it's kind of amazing because you walk down from Parliament to Buckingham Palace, and it really is just amazing to see. If you're really lucky, you can go to Buckingham Palace. You can look at their website and see when they're doing ceremonies and different things. I actually was there one time in November for the opening of Parliament. It was really amazing to see the Queen actually opens Parliament. So there's this huge procession from Parliament to Buckingham Palace and back. And I got to see Philip and the Queen. I got to see them in this beautiful carriage. And then also another carriage that carried, you know, carried the crown jewels and some other things. So it was really, really amazing. But just the changing of the guards, it does get really busy, so you want to make sure that you go early. And speaking of which, when you're there, one thing that a lot of people miss is the Royal Muse, which is literally just a few feet from the opening of Buckingham Palace, which is where they keep the horses, the stables for all the carriages and these special events. And these carriages are absolutely stunning. Yeah, there's a tour you can do there that is a great way to learn about all of this and also an enjoyable way to spend a couple of hours. I also like when you're in that area, just walking through St. James Park around there. It's oh, yeah. a beautiful park and you can, yeah, you can look up to one place and see this or look down and see Buckingham Palace and everything like that. Speaking of St. James, the Royal Horse Guards Hotel is not very far from there and we actually went there and had afternoon tea. We did a whole segment on afternoon tea in London, but I mean, I would say if it's your first time in London and you want to do something that would be a top attraction, you have to have afternoon tea while you're there and that was a great place to do it. One that just opened just in 2013 that's become really popular is called the Shard. It's an 87-story tower that has been built and gives great views of the city. And it's called that because it actually looks like it has a bunch of broken glass on the top and it looks really kind of nouveau. And you know what's so interesting about London is you're in this amazingly old historic city and you've got the old and the new. It is really interesting. I mean, the London Eye, this building, and then you've got the Tower of London, Buckingham Palace, you know, so it is kind of really interesting how that all sort of, you know, works out, but quite, quite interesting there. But there is a lot of things to do while you're there these top attractions and they are so worth it and one of those is the London Eye and not only the London Eye but Sea Life Aquarium the London Dungeons and also you cannot go to London without doing a river cruise on the Thames or as Jeff wants to call it the Thames anyway a lot more to do and learn about the London Eye coming up next with our interview right after this stay tuned you're listening to Travel Brigade follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade we will be right back you're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. We are here in the beautiful, vibrant city of London, having such a great time. And of course, while we're being here in London, Jeff, what do we have to do? Some top attractions. you got to get on all the top attractions and, you know, in the case of the London Eye, it's sort of like London was already such a great town when I came here years ago. And then I came back a few years ago and they had ended the London Eye. It like, it's like putting bacon on your cheeseburger. It there makes you know. it that much better. 
and you can't beat it. It's great location, beautiful views. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the London Eye and some also attractions here on this side of the bank. We've got Lauren Mitchum here from EDF Energy, London Eye. And Lauren, tell us, why has this become such a popular attraction, the London Eye? Well, the most amazing thing about the London Eye is that it originally, it was created by a husband and wife team at Mark's Barfield Architects, and it was their vision to kind of create something that everyday normal people could get a breathtaking 360-degree view of the city that they live in, and um, it came true. Now, for people that don't know what the London Eye is, I mean, you could Google any picture (laughs) there is of London, and it's in the background. It's a huge wheel, and I think what's so deceiving about it is when you look at it, they they call them capsules that are around the London Eye. You would think that it's maybe for one or two people, but it's actually quite a huge capsule. Yeah, that's right. Um, We've got 32 capsules, and um, it's one for every London borough, uh, which is quite symbolic. And uh, we have got up to 25 people in each of those capsules at any one time. So um, you can send an awful lot of people on there um, without compromising on seeing the amazing views through the 360-degree panoramic glass windows. And not only that, the beautiful views, but you do share the capsule with people, but there are options to do some special things where maybe you can get your own capsule or do some other special things. Tell us about that. Well, one of my favorite things to do is to go on a champagne capsule experience, which you can either book out your own capsule just privately, and you can have up to 20 guests. Um, enjoying some champagne, some canapes, some nibbles, or um, actually you can just buy individual tickets. And every hour we have public capsules where you are served one or two glasses of champagne. And that's just a ticketed experience that you can come up and buy at any time. And also you're sitting here on a beautiful part of the view of the river. And so why not include a river cruise? Everybody does that when they come here. And of course you can book that through London Eye. They have one as well. Tell us a little bit about that. It's just another way to see the city. I mean, you can go on the London Eye for one rotation and you can see everything from above. And then you can go on the London Eye River Cruise and it's a 45 minute cruise with um, a host who will actually talk you through what you are seeing. So it's not an audio tour. It's an actual person, you know, interacting with all the guests. And it's a, a wonderful way to see the sights from a slightly different angle. Another thing that's really fun is we're here on the south bank of the Thames River to go to the London Eye. When you come here, there are a lot of other attractions. There's an aquarium. There's the London Dungeon, which sort of takes on the macabre and dark uh, history of London. Oh, Jeff's just afraid I'm going to lock him in there for the rest of the trip. (laughs) That's true. I'm going to stay out of there. But there's a lot of things you can do just right here, restaurants and different things right here on the south bank. Can you tell us a little bit what some of the options are here? Yeah, it's a wonderful location because you can actually go to to the Eye and buy combination tickets, which will get you entrance into all of the other Merlin attractions in London. So right next to the Eye, we've got the Sea Life London Aquarium, which is one of the biggest in Europe and has got a fantastic array of creatures, over 600 different species um, across three floors. So you can, you know, maybe do that in the morning, um, have some lunch in some of the restaurants nearby um, and go to the Eye after lunch. And then if you're feeling brave enough, like you said, you could go to the London Dungeon, which is a thousand years of London history, but very much in a scary, fun, interactive way of, of getting it across to our guests. Now, is there a chance that we will be beheaded or not come out alive? Yeah, when you say interactive, how, how interactive are we talking? Um, it is. I mean, I've, I find it quite scary, but um, then I'm the kind of person that jumps at loud noises. So um, there's, it's a very immersive experience with actors who take you through everything. And yes, I'm not going to lie. There are some times when you go through a door and an actor jumps out from behind it and scares you witless. So <laughs> there is that. Um, but it, it's overall, it's very, very fun. And you, you don't realize how much you've learned until you leave. 
leave and you're talking about it afterwards and you realize you know an awful lot of London history and it's a really fun way of doing it. Now one of the things that I've noticed too is the connection like we talked about the different attractions that Merlin runs but also you know a lot of people have the London Eye on their list we, we know that they do but letting them know that they can purchase that ticket along with some of these other tickets tell us how that works. It's a great way of, of seeing all the Merlin attractions because you get such a huge discount on combination tickets uh, to see more than one attraction than if you bought tickets separately and, and did everything on, on its own. Um, we've also got Madame Tussauds London, which is obviously the original Madame Tussauds, and has got a fantastic array of different waxworks and, and celebrity characters. And that is something that you can also buy a ticket for when you're when you're enjoying yourself on the South Bank at the attractions on this side of the river. Also, we're here on the South Bank, but... You walk up just a couple hundred yards and you're at the Millennium Bridge. You walk over to the North Bank. You're right near Trafalgar Square. You walk 200 yards the other way. You're at Westminster Bridge. You walk across. You're at Big Ben what, near Westminster Abbey, everything like that. So it's a really great location. Tell people where they can get more information about one and I. Uh, well, the best place that I would recommend people to start is just right on our website, uh, which is uh, just londoneye.com and uh, you can find out all about our other attractions there as well and buy any tickets that you want online and I would recommend that because you do get a, a web discount compared to when you um, when you do walk-up prices. Perfect we'll have that information on our hot sheet for today's show if you have any information that you want to share with us you can tweet us at Travel Brigade with uh, Twitter you can check out our website travelbrigade.com we will be right back. Not sure where to go what to do and where to sleep up next, hot hotels, unique activities, and top attractions in our destination city. Check it out. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We are here in London, the beautiful, bustling city of London. It's one of my favorites. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You know, we were just doing an interview with the London Eye, talking about some of their uh, attractions there at the London Eye itself, as well as some of the attractions they're associated with. But it kind of brings you to this point where it is a central part of London to be in. We didn't talk about kind of where the London Eye is. Because when you're looking at the London Eye, you look literally across the river and you can see Big Ben and you can see Parliament and Westminster Abbey's just right on the other end. All really, really great things. As we learned on our boat tour, you can't actually see Big Ben because that's the name of the bell that's inside the giant clock tower. But Okay, Mr. Know-it-all, Mr. London Know-it-all. <laughs> I've always just called it Big Ben and it was a surprise to me. The bell tower. Then Get that in a Trivial Pursuit question. And then you've got that parliament right there. And then just around the corner, you've got Westminster Abbey, which is where you've seen a lot of the great weddings and different things like that take place. Well, that's where Kate and Will got married. I wanted to say something about Parliament as well, is that you can actually, we actually like watching the debates on our BBC or whatever it is, and you can actually go live and watch the Parliament debate. You can get tickets at the Parliament, which I think is kind of really interesting and a fun thing to do. It's sort of a full contact sport. <laughs> <laughs> No holds bar. And again, you can also take a boat tour from there. It's a great location. You can go all the way down. Sometimes they go as far as Greenwich, which is really fun, and see all of the things that are right there on the river. So a lot to do right there near the London Eye. So again, Westminster Abbey, Parliament, Big Ben. You can hop on boat tours there. A lot of great places to do. And as well as, you know, there's tube stations right there, so you can get there really accessible. And of course, the bridges, which I love walking on the bridges. Coming up, we've got an interview with Eurostar. They offer several options out of London to get over onto sort of the mainland of Europe, France, Brussels, different places like that. And it's an easy, quick, fun way 
to get there. That's right. I love Eurostar. I've used them a couple of times, but going here, we went to Paris. It's sort of an offshoot. So a lot of people go to London. They might want to go for a week or however long they're in London, but they want to get over to the you know, different parts of Europe, and it is a great place to do it. Very accessible. You only have to show up a half an hour before your train, which is really amazing compared to two hours at a flight, plus the cost to get into the flight and all that. So it's a great interview. Lots of different trips they have in Eurostar, and we'll have that information coming up next. We'll have contact info for all of these places we're talking about on our hot sheet for today's show if you go to travelbrigade.com. Stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at travelbrigade.com. Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin. And this week's show is all about London. We've been doing some great things in London. But one of the great things you can do in London is go on a small escape. It's an incredible world we live in. I'm constantly amazed at all the technology we have and everything. And one thing that has always amazed me is that I could ride under a tunnel from one country to another going in a tunnel under the ocean. And on top of that, while I'm doing it, be treated very nicely. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we had a great experience to go on the Eurostar. And actually, uh, that was a trip that we did. Jeff met us in London just a little bit later. And I took one of my little mini-me's, our teenager, over to Paris, her first trip over there. And what an experience. I mean, you fly into London. London's such a great town. And then you have this really easy way. And I think I just love it so much because you don't have to check in at the airport three hours early. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do all this stuff. And then you get on these great trains that you can, you know, get either a standard class or a premier class or a business premier. Just really kind of enjoy your trip, whether you're relaxing, having a nice glass of wine or uh, needing to do some work on the Wi-Fi. It's an incredible experience. Here to tell us more about it is Mary Walsh with Eurostar. Mary, tell us a little bit about the places you can reach on Eurostar from London, including Paris and other places on the continent. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Kathleen. Yes, it is. It's a fantastic experience. I mean, I've been working here at Eurostar uh, for nearly five years and before that I was always an evangelist for the service because it really transformed how we in the UK can interact and relate to mainland Europe and of course travel to mainland Europe. So the service was launched 20 years ago this year. We are 20 years old in November, 14th of November this year. Wow, that is very exciting. Yeah, great. Because it seems like, well, I guess that sort of ages us, doesn't it, Jeff? It does, yeah, I'm afraid so. (laughs) It does. Everyone remembers when that whole channel thing happened and it was like, oh, oh you can actually take a train under the water. And oh, actually- yeah, monumental, wasn't it? I yes. mean, it was really monumental. And, um, of course, we started with Paris and Brussels and Lille. And I think very quickly it had great appeal for leisure travellers because, of course, the, the ease of stepping on a train in London, getting off in Paris, city centre, city centre. As you rightly said, Kathleen, no sort of painful, torturous trip through check-in and security and all the rest. So well, then that, you also have became... to get from the airport to the downtown. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you still yeah. have to travel when you get there to get to the downtown area or whatever, where you're just like right there in city central. Yeah, and there's something very special about stepping off a train and knowing you're at the heart of the city. Yeah. It's no, a very, I, I think it's, I, it never fails to give me a, a, a little sort of ripple of excitement it's, as it's I come in and I can see the Sacre Coeur as I'm coming in 
the last few minutes of the journey into Paris. It's, it's always an exciting moment. But what was interesting for us was that for leisure travellers, that was, you know, they, they cottoned on pretty quickly. It was very, very attractive. For business passengers, we had to really sort of build the service because for the average sort of businessman or woman at the time, the idea of travelling by train, you know, from one country to another, that was a bit of an anathema. So we had right. to really build a sort of bespoke service. And that's how we came to have the three classes of service yeah, so that we could really yeah. cater to the individual needs of all those different customers because the needs are different and yeah. they've got sometimes different price points and so that was how that came about and then as we built the popularity of the service over the years um, increasingly we started to think about how can we take people further how can we encourage more passengers to get off aeroplanes and onto trains and that was when we started really expanding into other destinations like for example we go down to um, the French Alps we oh. run a seasonal ski service we now run a service to the Swiss Alps as well so we've got two different types of ski services and then we also started going to Avignon down in Provence oh. now that was a big departure because um, obviously it's a lot further and we have run that for the last oh gosh at least seven or eight years as a seasonal service. So during July and August, traveling down to Avignon direct on a Saturday, you know, a special bespoke service for the, the summer period and the summer leisure traveler. However, that became so popular, hugely, hugely popular, that people were literally kind of getting up early to, to wait for it to go on sale and then pouncing on the tickets. So over the last couple of years, we've been working very hard to see if we can expand that service to Provence. I know it's true of, um, of people in the States, but it's certainly true of people in the UK. We have a complete love affair with the south of France and um, <laughs> you know Provence, <laughs> Provence fulfills all our dreams of what the French experience should be like it's you know wall-to-wall -wall lavender and olive oil and pale rosé wine and all those wonderful associations and so last year we actually did a trial that was going to that was a stopping service in Provence so not just going to Avignon but going to Lyon which oh, is a little known but a fabulous city then stopping at Avignon and then going to Marseille and we trialed that and that went down an absolute storm everybody loved it so from May next year May the 1st uh, tickets will go on sale at the end of this year and towards Christmas we're going to be running an all year round service to Provence oh wow so four or five times a week probably four or five times a week in the summer maybe three in the winter but now it'll be all people, year round give people an idea of you know how quickly how quick this trip is I mean what is your I, I would assume is it Brussels that's probably closest before Paris yeah I mean if you're Brussels is an hour and 52 minutes I mean that's just one hour 52 beat, isn't it <laughs> yeah, Paris is two and a quarter, mm -hmm. sometimes a little bit less, but around two and a quarter. Lille, if you fancy going to northern France to Lille, which is a lovely city actually and has undergone a great regeneration over the last sort of 10, 15 years, that's an hour and 20. So for anyone who wants to go over and have a barnstorming lunch in, in France, a little bit of shopping and then stagger back, Lille is a great option. That's really sort of like in LA in traffic. That's really yep. just to the airport. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> or Silicon Valley. Valley to San Francisco, you, you know, go. on a bad day, <laughs> she says, from bitter experience. Um, and then uh, um, Lyon is about, Lyon will be about four to four and a half hours, Avignon about five, and Marseille, I think six, six and a half. Yeah, those are quick, and then you really just have to show up about a half an hour, sometimes a little bit more. Yeah, just, just that's really, right. I mean, yep. that's what you need to show up, you, you know, no two hours, three hours. Before. No, no, no. Um, no, I mean, there's, to be honest, there's no point in turning up before 
before half an hour in advance of the, the journey because the train won't be open. Now so tell we us open a little up. bit about different classes that you have. Yeah, we have three different classes. We have business premier, which is obviously geared to the business customer and business premier in addition to giving the extra base the bigger seat the sort of top end catering because we have a michelin star chef who designs the menus and that's um, a chef called raymond blanc who's a frenchman funnily enough but a frenchman (laughs) who's lived in the uk since he was 18 so he's in his 60s now he's lived in the uk a very long time and he is a legendary chef over here raymond blanc very 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 famous iconic french chef who had quite a transformational impact on, on our cuisine in this country. And he designed all the menus, so you get a super-duper lunch or dinner or afternoon tea, depending on time of year, uh, time of day, rather. Plus, um, also, of course, a very nice glass of French wine or a glass of champagne. <laughs> uh, so that's Business Premier. But the other thing that Business Premier builds in is great flexibility. Because if you're a business traveler, very often what you'll want to do is change at very short notice which train you're on. You'll want to be able to just ditch the train you're on and make it two hours later. And the business premier ticket gives you the flexibility to do that. You've also got the scope to book a taxi on board so that um, when you arrive, there's a taxi there to meet you. Um, Lots of additional benefits that are very much geared to that sort of time-pressed business person who really, really needs, you know, all their needs catered for. I actually did the standard class one way and then the premier the other way. So I got to compare some some of the services and I thought that was really fun when we left Paris and the afternoon we had you know like you said you know there was a lunch on board and do have a little you know a little more hands-on with someone that's there sort of you know refilling your drinks and taking care of you and that's right extra room and some magazines and different things and you definitely can notice but I will tell you it was lovely doing the premier class but I thought the standard class was excellent I mean you had very very nice chairs are comfortable you know the wi-fi this day and age to think that you can go on a train and get wi-fi you know you do want to enjoy the views so you don't want to work too much but you know of course to send those emails or confirm that hotel reservation or whatever you want to do it's excellent yeah well. it's great isn't it yeah so i mean the business premier offer is, is very much geared to that that kind of profile of person then there's the midway offer which is the one you're describing standard premier which is it's sort of geared more to sometimes it's for the business traveler who may be, might be a small business. They don't, they don't want to pay the full whack, you know, for all the bells and whistles, but actually they need a bit of the offering. So sometimes they travel standard premier or some very often, more than more often than not, it's exactly what you're describing, Kathleen. It's the leisure traveler who wants to give themselves a bit of a treat. And as you say, you get, you have the space, you have the service, you'll get a nice sort of light lunch or light afternoon tea, a glass of wine, a cup of coffee. And, um, you know, the, you'll be taken very much taken care of by our onboard staff. So that's the standard premiere and that's that's a very nice offering and certainly very, very popular. And sometimes, as you say, people will choose to travel one way in standard and one way in standard premiere, depending on, um, you know, where they're going and what the uh, event is and what, if it's a special anniversary or it's a birthday, very often that's what they'll do. Well, I and then our standard... You know, amazing service. I think it's so convenient. I think it really gives, you know, people that are in London or vice versa, if you're in Paris, to want to take a trip to London. I noticed there's a lot of promos with Disneyland there, Disney, you know, right. Disney France. And I really think it's a great thing. I wanted to just suggest one thing because when my teenagers knew that we were going under the t- channel, they were kind of expecting the SeaWorld experience with clear yes. glass windows. <laughs> So, you know, if, if, if some remodeling ever comes around. 
<laughs> I know it's very and funny, isn't glass, it? Glass windows in the channel and in the train. You know, you could have, you could almost have a theme park going on there as well. I know it's so funny how many children and young people think that that's what's going to happen. It's I going know, to be like, it's it going to be good. like a clear glass bottom boat. Well, tell yeah. people where they can contact Eurostar and book tickets and get information. Yeah, well, the best thing to do is to go on the web. And to go on our website, Eurostar.com, and you can really book everything you need there. And the website is very, very informative. And that's really the best way. If you want to have a chat to some of our colleagues and get a little bit more information from them and book by telephone, you can also book on our contact center number. And that's on the website as well. And that's open 12, 13 hours a day from sort of 7 in the morning till 7 in the evening UK time. And you can then have, a, if you want to get a little bit more information, chat, perhaps get a steer on where to go or where to stay and all those kinds of details. They're very happy to help with that. The other thing they can do is if you want to uh, perhaps travel a bit further. So you might be going to Brussels and you think, oh, do you know, I'll go to Amsterdam. Because at the moment you can connect to Amsterdam through Brussels. Although from the end of December in 2016, we're going to be going to Amsterdam direct. So that's another service we're doing direct, which is great. But if you wanted to, you know, expand your journey, go to Paris and then perhaps go on to Bordeaux and then go somewhere else, our contact center would be very happy to help with all of that. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. And we will also have information on our website, travelbrigade.com, on our hot sheet for today's show. Make sure that you check that out as well as our Twitter page. Uh, You can follow us there at at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry, basking in the city of London, loving every minute of it. Jeff Griffin is here with me. We are having so much fun doing the top attractions here in London. And some of them we've done before and some of them we haven't. It's always a busy time when you come to London. It's a bustling, busy city. But we're having so much fun and sharing these top attractions with you. Speaking of bustling, we went to Harrods. Ah, I love it. And you know some places are shopping Mecca when you need a map to find your way around. Um, not only a map, but they also have like several restaurants, several coffee shops. So you can actually kind of do this shop, relax, you know, get yourself together so you can pull out your credit card and shop some more. Now we happened to be in Harrods at this weekend and they were having a sale and it was packed. I mean, it was absolutely packed at the store. But they had some really, really great sales and they have this amazing food emporium there that's wonderful. They have a lottery. So we got some wonderful uh, macaroons there at lottery. They have an amazing kids section. Don't you wish, you know, I think of the movie Big, you know, when they're in FAO Schwartz, it almost, and I love FAO. I'm from New York, you know, I've lived there for many years, but it kind of puts it to shame, don't you think? <laughs> I'm not a toy expert, so I can't judge, but all I know is, is it's amazing. you could spend a whole day just wandering through the various sections of this. Herod's also has like a lot of little things you can pick up and take out with you, like candies and, and Yeah, the food, like the food emporium, food. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can either pick up dinner, get something hot to go. They have little restaurants, down sushi places, uh, just everything you can imagine. Herod's is kind of near to Hyde Park, which is part of any classic London experience. You've got Speaker's Corner where people get up on soapboxes and 
and deliver an address. You've got all these different sections. There's usually some sort of concert or event going on there. You kind of got to just walk through there or walk around the outside just to really say you've experienced London. I really like that just kind of that total area of Kensington, of course, Kensington Palace, which we didn't talk about because that's a little bit down more that way, Kensington Palace, but Knightsbridge and Hyde Park. That is kind of usually my go-to for places that I really like to kind of hunker down and make that my spot of, of jumping off. So it's just a really, really fun place. You know, another place that we had a lot of fun is the theater district. That they call it the West End. The West End Theater District or Covent Garden is right on the edge of that. There's great shopping. All the theaters, there's some really, really fun restaurants. As a matter of fact, we did an episode of one of our shows all about dining. So if you've got dining questions on London, please check out our website, travelbrigade.com. You can check on the dining episode. That was really fun to eat our way through London as well. Another great place is St. Paul's Cathedral. The dome in the cathedral, I would never get tired of seeing it. It's an absolute structural marvel, artistic marvel, spiritual marvel, whatever you want to call it. It's definitely one of those places that really sticks with you. And it's kind of in the same area with the Crown Plaza, London, the city, kind of the Blackfriars area. Yeah, we're actually staying here at the Crown Plaza, and it's been a really fun jumping off point for us. This is kind of a new area for me to stay in. You know, I've, I've come to visit or do tractions here over in this area, but I've never stayed here. I'm always very like location, 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 and I can't believe how great the location is. You literally get off at Blackfriars, and you're across the street, you're at the hotel, and then you jump back on. You go a couple, you know, a couple of exits one way. You're at the London Tower. You go a couple the other way. You're in the middle of Covent Garden garden or at the bridge to go to London Eye. So very, very convenient. That's been really fun. And we wanted to share with you a little bit about the hotel. Yes. Coming up, we have an interview with Yvonne Otley, who is with Crown Plaza, London, the city. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade. Follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. We are in one of my favorite cities, London. London was calling. We've been all over Europe having such a great time. We're saving the best. I think for last. London is such a great place. We're here at the Crown Plaza, London, the city location, and we are sitting here in this beautiful lobby, and we're just getting ready to explore the whole city today. But before we do, we want to talk a little bit about the hotel and maybe some restaurant options as well as some options here at the hotel. We've got Yvonne Otley here, who's going to tell us a little bit more about Crown Plaza, London, the city. And one of the things I loved was I woke up this morning, looked out the window, and I could see the dome of St. Paul's Cathedral. Are we going to renew our vows while we're here? Sure, why not? Just a little intimate affair, (laughs) sort of like Princess Di. Sure, why not? A little, little something. Yvonne, give us a sense of where this location sits in the city. Well, Crown Plaza, London the City Hotel, is in the Blackfriars area, which is just a short walk from St. Paul's, actually. It takes around five minutes to walk there, depending on how speedy you are on your feet. But surrounding St. Paul's, we also have the One New Change, which is a fantastic shopping area, just adjacent to the St. Paul's Cathedral. And just in terms of the area itself, it is slightly away from the traditional tourist locations, which is actually, you could look at that as quite a nice thing, because you're seeing a little bit of a different scene for London. It's very city-focused. So you will find that further down the road at Fleet Street, you have where there used to be the um, old press houses for some of the largest uh, news publications in London. And
and then if you go further along to Ladgate, you'll find that you are in the financial and law district. So you'll actually be walking alongside some of the larger lawyer corporations. And then you get to St. Paul's where you just have that picturesque moment where you get to see the wonderful architecture and some of the more sites that are visible for the London city area. Also, you know, when we came here last night, we took a beautiful drive in our taxi along the Thames, which is just about a block away too, which is a whole new experience as well going that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Thames is, again, just very, very close to us. Um, the Blackfriars area has St. Paul's to your right and has the Thames and the Southwark area to your left. It's a great, great place to easily walk to some of the key attractions like the London Eye, um, the Shard, which is a fantastic new development that's happened over the last couple of years near the London Bridge area, and even as close as the London Dungeons as well, which is very close to London Bridge as well. So yes, it is a great location, and the Thames is definitely one to see once you're here. I was hoping that you wouldn't bring up the London prisons and bridges because that's what I was planning on locking Jeff for the rest of <laughs> rest of our time here in London. Tell us a little bit about the hotel, the Crown Plaza itself, the brand, what people can expect when they come here, and maybe some of the amenities here at the hotel. The whole ethos behind Crown Plaza as a brand is about successful travel. So it could be from our business traveler to our leisure guest. The main focus for us is making sure that when you check in and from the moment you're here to the time you check out, it's been a success. And that predominantly is about having a wonderful night's rest in a great spacious room with all the right amenities to make that happen. So in the rooms, you'll find that we have aromatherapy products from Temple Spa. And those products basically work to relax you from the moment you're in your room so that you can just really feel at home and just take all of that experience of travel and any jet lag that you have away from you. And in the hotel itself, aside from the bedrooms, which we have 205, we also have two restaurants, a bar, and also a new exciting development happening in November. In the restaurants, we have two options. An Italian, which we have called Di Cianove, which for those that don't speak Italian is number 19, which reflects our location on New Bridge Street. We also have our Chinese restaurant, which is called Chinese Cricket Club. There's a little bit of a story behind the name. Um, when we decided to name the club, um, the restaurant, it was around the time that the first Chinese cricket team played an international match. The owner of our hotel is also very keen on Chinese food and an avid cricket fan and so lo and behold came the name Chinese Cricket Club and there you can find a wonderful array of Sichuan food a freshly prepared dim sum from our kitchen and some of the crowd pleasers from the more Cantonese cuisine as well our Voltaire Champagne Bar launched in February 2014 Valentine's Day in fact and there we house the full library of Pomery Champagne which is our champagne house of choice and we also have our little hidden treasure there in the bar which we like to call the vaults and the vaults are nine individual alcoves which you can have as a private space for you and your friends from two people up to 15 and the history behind that is they actually used to be prison vaults because the foundations of this hotel was originally Bridewell Palace where King Henry VIII used to hang out and then it was turned into the first female prison so there's some real history behind the vaults there and it's fantastic because we can really play on that when you get to the vaults you can see that we've um, put in some prison-esque gates so you can really feel like you're locked in but it's, it's absolutely safe and you can just have a fantastic time you can play your own music in there and really feel really feel your own vibes while you're there so it was a female prison. It appears the tables have turned. Yeah, yeah, well, you know that King Henry VIII is always causing some problems. I feel like he just didn't like the females. I mean, I think, he, well, he overly liked them in some ways, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> I love the idea, too, of a Chinese cricket restaurant. I'm going to open a Polynesian basketball restaurant. There I you go. Polynesian Themes are and amazing. It actually goes with their theme because we're actually going to be going to do some cricket while we're here in the city. It'll be really a great time. We are so excited to be exploring the city today. This is a great hop-off location for us. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. always agree, but they always seem to have the reasons. Next up, Travel Brigade's countdown of their favorites from this week's show on He Said, She Said. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I'm here with Jeff Griffin having such a fun time in London. I never want to leave. London is a great, it is really one of the great, great cities of this world. Yeah, there are so many things to do here that we had to divide it up into multiple episodes. This week, we're talking about all the top attractions. We've also got one on some of the underground offbeat attractions. We've got another episode on dining and an episode just devoted to afternoon tea. So check those out at our website, travelbrigade.com. But for this episode, we've come to the point where we do He Said, She Said and pick our three favorites from this episode. As always, She Said goes first. My number three has to be the London Eye. Now, I've done the London Eye before, and I had a really great experience. I've done it during the day, I've done it in the evening, and I've done it at sunset. And this is the first time I actually did sort of a sunset. I got it just right at the right time. So when we got on the London Eye, you know, one of the last groups to go on, and it was actually sunny, we actually saw sunset as it was doing the clock turn, and it was completely dark at night when we were done. I can't imagine a better time to do that. But what was really fun about it this time was sort of having that different perspective on it. We had Mini-Me with us, one of our Mini-Me's, and it was her first time to London. And just she was so excited to be on the London Eye doing that, going up and seeing the beautiful views. And, you know, it's weird. Of course, we went by Big Ben, what, five times at least before we went on the London Eye. But seeing it at night up on the London Eye is just spectacular. So I'm going to say the London Eye is my number three. My number three is Covent Garden. There's something about being in a big city and just feeling the hustle and bustle of everybody going around shopping or walking by all these great restaurants or different places where you can get food and just that whole city feeling that you get when you're in Covent Garden. I really enjoyed that. My number two, and I'm going to say it the correct way, is the clock tower. I love seeing Big Ben when I come here. And actually, again, you don't see Big Ben, you hear Big Ben, I guess is the way to say it. But there's something about a couple of iconic places that you're at when you are in London that you know you've arrived. There is no doubt that you are in London when you see that and you walk by it, whether it's during the day or the beautiful green background in the evening. There's just something about it. It kind of solidifies, hey, I'm here in London, and I just love that. Yeah, mine is along those same lines, Buckingham Palace and then St. James Park surrounding it. And yeah, you see things on TV or in pictures, and then when you actually get there and see it, it's even better or than you imagined it. And yeah, it just lets you know that you're there. And I love walking by the palace and then walking up through St. James. My number one is probably the selfishest, self-centered number one I've probably ever said, but I'm going to say... And that's saying a lot. (laughs) 
That probably is saying a lot. I love to tell people when I'm in London. There's something about it. It's sort of like, oh, yeah, I'm in London. I'm sorry I'm not available this week. I'm in London. It has such a different flair than like I'm in Cancun. I'm in whatever. I don't know what it is. It's just there's so many things associated with London, so many sort of rich cultural historic things as well as just, you know, hot trend things. Just London, London, London. I don't know how to say it. It's just it's one of those things I love just saying, hey, I'm in London. And I don't know why, but it's fun. Yeah, saying you're in London, people start thinking, oh, you're going to museums, you're seeing the Queen, da-da-da. You're not just going to Vegas and, and drinking and gambling. Yeah, no, I just love saying it. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not available this week. I'm in London. Oh, next week, sorry, I can't do it. I'm going to be in London. Where are you at now? Taking a selfie. Ah, uh, guys, I'm in London. I don't know why. It just, I love the way. I love doing that. My number one is Tower Bridge, and every time I've been to London, I walk across Tower Bridge, and it's just a beautiful view of the city and you get a sense of the history and it, it just kind of encapsulates the whole London experience in one little walk. I don't want to leave. I think it's time to leave London, unfortunately. But as you can see uh, when we were talking before, maybe I should say more correctly, as you can hear when we were talking before, we do have a lot of other London episodes because there's so much to cover. We've done things on dining. We did some sort of underground things with interviews there. You can check all those out at our website at travelbrigade.com. So just because we're leaving London doesn't mean you need to. London is always calling, but we must leave and head to another destination. I can't believe you went the whole show and just barely got that little comment in. That was really funny, actually. He's a big Clash fan, so I was like waiting to hear that at least once during one of our episodes. Time for us to head out. We'll be back next week with another great destination. In the meantime, please remember there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. Whatever stage you're in, please join us next week. See you next week and enjoy the trip. You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and at TravelBrigade.com.